You're listening to the Great Recruiter Training Podcast. Here we go. Hosted by industry expert, trainer, and motivator, Scott Love. Hey, everyone. Happy New Year, and welcome to episode number 15 of the Great Recruiter Training Podcast. This is Scott Love, a trainer in the industry, and more important than a trainer, I think I'm a student. That's why I like to brand myself. I'm a student of the industry, always trying to learn, reading every day from people that know a lot about our business and trying to get better, just like you. And I want to thank you for downloading this. Even though this is a free podcast, I know that you're taking your time to do that. And I want to thank you and I want to congratulate you on on taking steps to do things that most people aren't willing to do, and that's to gain knowledge. I think this is one of the few industries where the longer you've been in it, the harder it is to do it. There's some professions out there where just because you've been doing something a long time, you get better. Recruiting is not one of those. There are people that I know personally, there's several members of our coaching club that are brand new recruiters less than a year that are billing, making placements at least one or two every single month for the last few months. And they've only been in the business less than 12 months. Tenure is not a requisite for success in recruiting. That's one of the phrases that I'm real fond of saying, that you don't have to be in this business 20 years to make a good living. I know a lot of people on the other side that have 20 years of experience, but it's really one year 20 times. This is the kind of business that rewards people that have a high performance mentality, they take action, and they've got rich character. If you have those three things going for you, then congratulations, you're well on your way to success in recruiting. So let me talk about engaging that passive candidate. I'm going to share with you a couple of ideas that will help you when you engage these folks over the phone to get more of them to tell you yes about your opportunities. Now, I see a lot of recruiters and a lot of search firm owners, they invest heavily in training their recruiters on how to build lists of names of people to call. They will send them to three-day seminars on internet research on how to become a master of Boolean search and all this other technological stuff. And every single penny that they invest is wasted if when those candidates are getting called, they think that these recruiters sound like idiots. It doesn't matter how good that list is. If you call them up and you can't carry on a conversation and you can't open their mind up to exploring other things, you've wasted all your money. You might as well consider leaving the business, and I'm dead serious about that. If you can't get people to listen to you over the phone, then I think you're in the wrong business. I really believe that. Recruiting is about two things. It's about getting people who are strangers to consider opportunities at other places. In other words, to face their biggest fear, which is a fear of change. And to do the second thing, which is to take action on that. That is what recruiting is all about. You're calling up people in the middle of the day when they're at their desk working and they're not thinking about leaving. Those are the people that you want, the people that are next in line to be promoted, the people that are successful and they're proven. Their resumes are not on the web. They're not out actively looking. Those are the ones that your clients will pay dearly for in terms of a full fee. And you call them up. And you sound like this. Hi, my name is Harry the Happy Headhunter. How are you today? And anytime you tell anyone, how are you today? It means I don't know you and I'm a salesperson. And that's what I was trained to do by my manager that started selling in 1975 when everybody said, how are you today? And that's how I start all of my conversations. And it sends a signal that I'm either selling something or I'm a recruiter. And all of a sudden, the candidate puts a wall up and they won't let you through. So from now on, you need to pay attention to the tone when you call up someone who's a complete stranger. And they answer their phone like this. Hi, this is John. You say this. You say, hello, John. Just say their first name. Upward inflection. Hello, John. 
And they're going to do one of two things. They're either going to respond like this, yes, because they think, well, I don't know who this person is. It sounds like they know me. I'm not sure who they are. So I need to open up to them and I need to respond with my favorite word, which personally is the word yes. Your goal in this conversation is to get as many yeses as possible. And you started, the very first thing out of their mouth is yes. Hello, John? Yes. That's the first thing they might do. The second thing is this. Hello, John? And they're going to be silent because they're thinking of who you are. And they don't know who you are and they're feeling kind of uncomfortable and they think this person has an advantage over me. They know me and I don't know who they are and they're stunned. They're in shock. They're just sitting there. So you want to say it again. Hello, John. And then they're going to say it like this. Yes. And they're going to sound kind of unsure. And you want to relieve, allay that uncertainty that they're facing. They feel like, well, this person has an advantage over me. They know me. I don't know them. So you want to kind of remove those concerns. John, my name's Scott Love. You and I don't know each other, but I had a question for you about something I'm working on for a client of mine. Do you have a second? And you've told them who you are and you've got their attention. And at this point, in the very beginning of this conversation, you don't need to tell them anything about your company, how great you are. In fact, I know recruiters that have been trained to give about a 60-second soliloquy, first thing out of their mouth. They start talking about how great their search firm, how our company has been trained to hire the best of the best, the proven performers, the top 2%. We only recruit those candidates that are buried in excellence. And they go on and on and on. And everything that the candidate is hearing is something that the candidate is going to suspect is probably not being true because it's easy to say that talk is cheap. And secondly, the candidate really doesn't care. They're looking at their next deadline at the meeting that they need to leave for. And here you are talking about how great your search firm is. And their mind is not even open to receiving that information. It doesn't matter how good you are if the person's mind is closed. And what we need to do is open up their mind to the possibility that something else out there exists that could be better than their situation. That's our objective. In the first few seconds of this phone call, our objective is not to pitch, it's to probe. Our objective is not to sell, it's to discover. It's to find out what this candidate's quote-unquote buying motives are. Hello, John? Yes, my name's Scott Love. You and I don't know each other, but I had a question for you about something I'm working on for a client of mine. Do you have a second? If I told him that I'm with ABC Recruiting or the name of my search firm, well, he might say, well, I'm not interested in making a move. And he's going to shut me down. I don't want that yet. I want him to open his mind up to me still. Hello, John? Yes, my name's Scott Love. You and I don't know each other, but I have a question for you about something I'm working on for a client of mine. Do you have a second? either going to say, sure, or no, I don't, but what's this about? That's a yes. Or they might say, well, I really don't. I have to leave to a meeting. And then you can schedule a time to talk to them later that day. But if they say yes, then you can tell them about your company just a little bit. Just tell them the name of your firm. I work for ABC Search. We only do widget management search focusing in the southeast or whatever. It doesn't need to go into, a, you don't need to go into a lot of detail about how great your firm is because your mind is not open yet. Tell them the name of your company. I've been hired by a client of mine to recruit for them, and there's an opportunity where I believe your background fits what I'm looking for. Something along those lines. It doesn't have to have any great pizzazz or detail. But the question we want to get to is this, and I'm doing a search, and I believe your background fits what I'm looking for. And I just wanted to call you up, Joe, make an introduction, and see if you're open to hearing about other things. What are your thoughts about that? All I'm doing 
is finding out are they open to hearing about things. I used to call candidates up and I would say, are you open to exploring other opportunities? And then I got a lot of no's and I started realizing that the word exploring is an active word. I have to actively be involved in exploring something for me to do it. That means I've got to write a resume. Good grief, that can, that's going to take all night. I'm going to have to go out on interviews. I might have to get on an airplane and go somewhere. Uh, I'm just kind of busy. I'm not open to exploring things. Let's talk about the word hearing other things. Are you open to hearing about other opportunities? I just wanted to see if you're open to hearing about other opportunities. Is that something that you're open to? Well, you're going to find that a lot more people are going to respond affirmatively to that question because what kind of word is hearing about? Is it active or passive? Well, it's passive. What action steps do I need to take to hear about something? Well, I just sit right here on my butt listening to you and that's about it. So you're going to get a lot more yeses. And that's the goal is to get one little yes leading to another little yes leading to another little yes and then eventually they send you the resume. That's how you open up the mind of complete strangers. How within six minutes they're going to tell you things that they only tell their spouse. How much they make and what they hate about their boss. And those are things that we want to pry out of them, not really pry, we want to draw out of them. We want to draw that stuff out of them as we go on in this one conversation. And then we do three things. We find out if they are open. We find out three things. Number one, why is that? Number two, are they qualified? And number three, what would motivate them to make a change? And if you do those things, you are making a call that is much more effective than every other recruiter out there in the world. I, I guarantee it. By the way, if you're interested, I'm doing a webinar, a series. This week, it's going to start on January 11th. If you're interested, this is all I'm going to tell you. One of those four seminar topics is a 60 to 75 minute program just on this one topic or I'm going to go into much more detail. Now, I don't want to promote this on my podcast. If you're interested, go to my website, greatrecruitertraining.com. It is nicely priced to get all four of those sessions. Consider it a half-day seminar that you don't have to fly out to that gives your recruiters everything that they need to start this business and be successful in it. And it's nicely priced, and you get to save those audio recordings forever of those four programs. It's going to be Tuesday, January 11th, all the way through Friday the 14th. If you're getting this podcast after that has occurred, and if you're interested in getting more information about obtaining the recordings, send me an email, scott at scottlove.com, and I'll give you a link to where you can download those as well if this converse, if this webinar has already passed. And that's all I'm going to say about that. The information's on the website. But remember this, that your objective when you engage that complete stranger in a dialogue about recruiting them is to get them to give you one little yes and another little yes and eventually that's how you get them involved in your process in front of your client. The second and final part of the podcast, I'm going to share with you an excerpt from the coaching club on 10 habits that you need to develop to be successful in 2011. So 10 habits to develop this year. As I was coming up with this, I realized, you know, we've got to get started uh, the new year on the absolute right foot. How I notice in myself, uh, my week always is really, it's my, my performance in my week as a recruiter, it, it always helps to have a good Monday. My whole day 
can be accelerated in performance if I have a good first hour. I think the same thing with this year. If you can really get this year started on a good foot, it's going to give you some traction and it's going to help accelerate your, your performance. It's going to help take you to a whole new level in your performance as a recruiter. So I think it's really important to start the year out with, with really good solid habits. Let me share some things with you that I, I was just uh, writing down that I thought would, would, uh, would help you. Number one, go ahead and write your goals down. If you hadn't seen the article that I'd written, the most recent one, go to the section that says articles. It's at the top of my site, and it gives you six different categories that you can write your goals down for the year. Uh, all of those in, in each category, whether it's your your performance goals at work, your financial goals, your goals that you have for your family, in each of those areas, ask yourself, what are the two or three things that I want to accomplish this year, and write them down. When you do that, you will be doing something that really only one to two percent of people do, and is writing down your goals, and you will have a, cl- a clear direction of where you want to head this year, not just in you as a recruiter, but in all areas of your life, because the things that affect you. At your desk, they affect you at home. The things that affect you at home that happen at home, they come with you to work every day. You are the same person at work as you are at home, and everything affects everything else. That's why when you write your goals down, you want to have a holistic view of all aspects of your life. Number two, you want to focus on the next step. For people like myself, I don't have just attention deficit disorder. I have HD, ADD. That's high definition. Attention deficit disorder. It means that my distractions are very, very clear. And I have about 50 of them. I have about 50 things in my life at any given time that can take me off of my focus. And so I've trained myself to focus on what are those next steps that I have to do in a task. Uh, When athletes perform on the field and they're in the middle of a game, they're not thinking about winning. They're thinking about kicking the ball exactly where it needs to go. In the article that I wrote also about goal setting, I talked about Tiger Woods. He's not thinking about his goals when he's in the middle of the game. He's thinking about the next step. He's thinking about that acorn in the fairway that he wants to hit the ball at. So in the middle of your day, as you're performing, you want to have your goals written down, and it's almost like you have a balance where you want to have a big picture of you, but when you're in the game, you want to focus on the next step. It removes the distractions from you. Number three, the habit that you need to get going this year right away is creating a daily plan. There's no excuse for you not to spend at least five minutes at the end of every day and look at what you want to accomplish for tomorrow. And it starts with you asking yourself this question, what are the two or three things that I want to accomplish for tomorrow? What are they? And you write them down, and then you look at your daily plan at your, let's say you use Microsoft Outlook, whatever your calendar is, and you want to fill in what is your budget for your day. Now, I'm going to spend a lot of time talking about that on the next webinar series. And to register for that, since you guys are all subscribers, you don't have to pay for that, but you still need to register for that to get access to that. If you're a new subscriber, all you do is just log in and then go to where it says Upcoming Webinars or Webinar Schedule, and you just click on that, and that will register you for the next series, which is going to be... Uh, it's going to be January 11th through 14th, those four days, and it's going to be on the, tw- on the 13th. That's when I'm talking about time management, planning, and execution. And all of those programs are programs that I've done. Some of them I've done quite a bit uh, over the last couple of years. 
So it might be a repeat for you, but I don't think there's anything wrong with, with hearing information over and over again that's going to help you. And like I said, you guys already have paid for that, so, so don't register for those via the normal link. Log in when you see the red tabs and go to where it says Webinar Schedule, and that's how you can register for that. So, uh, so number three, create a daily plan. Just give yourself five to ten minutes at least to consider what your outcomes are for the next day and, and create a daily schedule for what you want to accomplish. Number four, whenever you have a meeting with someone or you have a conversation scheduled that's going to be a very important call, one of the habits that I want you to get into is to write down what is your agenda or what are your talking points. Anytime I'm doing a coaching call, I'm doing a lot of one-on-one -on -one coaching with folks. Most of the people that hire me for that are people that are in the coaching club. And one of the things you'll know, you guys can recall, if I do this with you, I'll, I'll ask you. You know, I'll say, I've got a couple of things here that I've written down that I think should be talking points. Is there anything else in the next hour that you would say is a good topic for us to talk about? And we'll write those things down so we have real direction to our calls. When you're talking with a candidate, let's say the client and the candidate have met and now you need to have a critical conversation about where the candidate wants to go in his career. Write down what those agendas are. What, what is the agenda for the call? What I like to do is like for example today hopefully I'll be reaching this candidate that had an interview over the holidays and I talked with him and I talked with my client and I haven't circled back with the candidate to really talk about the next step so I've got my client notes here everything that my client told me and I've highlighted those areas on this document that I want to share with the candidate and so in my mind I've gone over this at least two or three times and I'm prepared to, to think to think this this conversation through and have a good conversation with the candidate. You, you visualize. You, you visualize how that conversation is going to go in your head first before it actually happens. That's a habit that I want you to develop for this year. Habit number five. I want you to ask yourself this question throughout the day. What's the best use of my time right now? I want you to have that as a habit. There are all sorts of distractions, and there are things that I would like to do that are fun and they're very enjoyable, but they don't help me to get to my goals. But I find myself, I can fill my day with tasks that distract me where I think it's busy work, but it's not helping me get to where I want to go. And so this is something that I learned from Brian Tracy. It was a phrase that I learned from one of his books that I read a long time ago, probably about 10 years ago. And so I've trained myself to ask myself that question, what's the best use of my time right now? For people like myself that have high, high definition, that we have HD, ADD, <laughs> we, we, need to bring our, we need to refocus all the time, it seems. So all the time I'm asking myself, what's the best use of my time right now? Habit number six, get your butt to the gym. I'm just going to come on out and say it. You need to stay in shape. You're going to feel better about yourself. You're going to have more energy. And if you don't go to the gym, start some sort of exercise regimen. If you haven't done this before, if it's been a long time, talk with your doctor and make sure you're okay to do stuff, but just do something, even if it's just walking on a treadmill or just going for a walk. Do something physical. Our business, if you think about what we do, it's sitting your, sitting your butt in a chair, making phone calls all day, eating, eating Twinkies. I mean, that's what our job really is. And if you don't stay in shape, you're going to atrophy in many areas. When you become disciplined in one area of your life, that's going to carry over into other areas. If you can just find one area of your life where you say, I'm going to develop good habits, I'm going to have a victory today, 
because I'm going to the gym, even if I'm going there for 15 minutes, and I'm just going to walk on the treadmill for 15 minutes, I'm going to have a victory. And those small victories that you have improve your self-esteem. It's almost like self-esteem, the development of your self-esteem. It's almost like we have to use achievements as a crutch. Like in my son, as he develops into a man, he's 10 years old, I try to make sure that he achieves things. Not, I don't try to make sure that. I, I really reward that. I look for places that he's doing well, and I, 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 I give him encouragement. I tell him he's doing a good job, and I make sure that he gets those positive feelings. When you achieve things, that's when you start growing in your self-esteem. And then as he gets older, he's going to learn that his, uh, his esteem does not depend on achievement, that he's good uh, either way, however he is. No matter what he achieves in life, he's still a good person. But it's almost like this cycle that we have to go through. To feel good about ourselves, we have to get achievement. But then once we reach achievement, then we realize that we're good either way. But it's those achievements that kind of give us that crutch to get through to where we know that we do have worth regardless of what we achieve. But that's something that can help you start feeling good about yourself again. Is get to the gym, even if it's once a week, just start, just do something. Because that habit, that discipline is going to carry over into other areas. Tip number seven, cut back on bad food. All those carbs that you used to eat, I'm cutting back on them. I'm not eating potato chips. The only carb I'm going to have, really, outside of, of what's within a normal healthy diet is, is uh, heart-healthy popcorn every once in a while. Cutting back on that stuff. Number eight, get more sleep. Don't stay up too late at night. Give yourself a little bit more sleep. You need to be rest, rested and you need to be fresh when you're making these phone calls, especially if you're taking a new search or if you're calling up some higher-level folks. It's going to take a lot more energy and it's going to drain you. This business has a way of depleting energy from you. The rejection that you feel, the adversity that you feel when deals fall apart on you, when you're so close to making a big placement and it just evaporates in front of you, it depletes you, you need to look for ways to infuse energy back into you, and getting more sleep is another way to do that. Number nine, one of the things I learned in Boy Scouts that, that stayed with me ever since, that's really helped me in all areas of my life, I think, is doing a good turn daily. It's a slogan of the Boy Scouts. Uh, every day, I want you to look for a way to do something for somebody else without any sort of selfish gain. Just find a way to do that, whether it's a candidate that you can't help, but there's something that you see in their background and you tell them that, boy, I really like the fact that you took the time to get your degree even when you were in your mid-30s. That says a lot about who you are as a person. I know that your background doesn't fit what I place because you're in a different industry, but I just wanted to tell you I really give you a lot of encouragement because that's something that's very rare, and I just wanted to tell you I'm really impressed by seeing that. Just, just a kind word a lot of times can make someone's day. Anytime I'm out in town and I'm, and I'm seeing a customer service rep or someone at the cashier at the grocery store, I always make a point to say, how's your day going? I don't just say, how are you, but I say, how's your day? And it's a lot more personal, and sometimes it's not doing that well, and sometimes you hear a little bit more than you really, really care to hear. But most of the time, people are appreciative that you're taking the time out of your day to ask them how they're doing in a sincere sort of way. When you start doing that, it's going to come back to you. And you don't even do it because it comes back to you. Uh, my, my son received a lot of toys and a lot of, uh, I mean, he, he got like 150 bucks from grandparents for toys. And I told him, I said, one of the things we're going to do is we're going to go through some of your old toys and we're going to start giving those to some kids that didn't have as good of a Christmas as you did. 
And I told him, I said, something that you're going to see, Dagson, is just how exciting it is to give away something that you have where there's no expectation of any sort of return. You just give of yourself. I said, that's, that's just one of the greatest things that you're ever going to feel. And I can't wait to start, to start helping them see that. Uh, number 10, before you go to bed, and some of the stuff you're going to say, come on, I wanted to hear the secret of recruiting. Come on, tell me the magical rebuttal. I want to hear the magic script. Well, all these things are going to help attract, attract candidates to you. Uh, really, they're character things. As you grow in your character, you're going to find that high-level people want to be around you. Uh, some companies will give you business for the only reason that they feel that you're worthy of getting some business and they like you and they want to help you. You will have companies that will go out of their way to do, to do business with you because they feel that you have some, some good character and they really like you. Plus, you can give them value. But you're going to see that. You're going to see that candidates are going to tell you things like this. I've gotten lots of calls from headhunters, but there's something different about you. You will have people tell you that when you grow in your character. Recruiting, and it's the quote that's on the top of, my, of every page on my website, it's a personal development opportunity disguised as a business. And, and this is the irony, is that when you take your eyes off of the profit motive and you focus on character development, service to others, doing well at what you do, doing the best, having the attitude of achievement, of abundance, and doing and, and really getting full value out of your life. When you have that sort of attitude, you're going to make more than all those recruiters that focus purely on profit motive. That's just my own opinion, but it's something I've seen with a lot of the people that I've coached. Uh, that's what this has to do with recruiting. Number 10, before you go to bed, for those people who are close to you, I want you to resolve this is a habit. Every day, before you go to bed, resolve any feelings of bitterness, any feelings of misunderstanding, or any sort of distance that you have with them. Resolve that before you go to bed. You're going to feel good about yourself. Your relationships are going to be healthy. It's going to help you to produce more. When you feel good about yourself and you've got healthy relationships, there's no limit to what you can build in this year. This is your year. I want you to claim it. As your year, this is a year of abundance. It's going to be a year of growth. And right now, I want you to claim that as this is 2011, is your year. Tell yourself, this is going to be my year. And I want you to do everything that it takes to win this year because you deserve to win. Everybody on this call, you guys aren't taking another day to sober up just like half the world. You're, you're tan rested and ready to go for 2011. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Visit my website for more free tools, free downloads, free articles, and free training videos that can help you become a big billing recruiter because you truly do deserve to win.